Thank y'all so much. Thank you, brother. If you have your Bibles, I'll invite you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 18 this morning. We're looking at another one of the parables of Jesus in Matthew 18. Uh, if you're with us last week, that means something to you. And if not, let me give you just a quick brief word that what we saw, the parable that we looked at in Matthew 18 last week, uh, one thing that we saw is that in chapter 18, Jesus is doing a lot of teaching about how we should relate to one another. Have any of y'all ever done something to another brother or sister that you needed to be forgiven of? Anybody? Yes. Has anybody, a brother or sister, ever done something to you that you needed to forgive them of? Anybody? Mm-hmm. That's what we're going to look at this morning. Jesus is not only going to tell us that, that we should be willing to forgive, but he's going to go further. And for those of us that have trouble with it, he's going to also tell us why we should be willing to forgive. So this morning, as we see this again, we know in Matthew chapter 18 that he's teaching us about how we as Christians relate to one another, how we should uh, interact with one another. So with that in mind, look with me. As we look in verse 21 of Matthew 18 to see how this comes about. It says, Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him as many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy times seven. Or some of your translations may say seventy-seven times. What we see here is Peter, obviously as he's been hearing Jesus giving this teaching, Jesus has been teaching, again, about how the disciples relate to one another, how they deal with one another, and so he's talked about, as we saw the, the parable of the lost sheep last week, and if we have a brother that goes astray or a sister that goes astray, another Christian, that we should go and try and restore them. And, and then just after that text, Jesus gives us a teaching about what we should do when a brother does something wrong to us. When somebody does something wrong to us, how we should go to them and, and try to reconcile and try to make things right. Not going to them looking for justice or demanding that they, they pay some penalty, but how we should try to restore them in a loving and caring way. And so as Peter hears this, obviously, Peter starts to ask the question, well, what if somebody does something wrong to me more than one time? What if it's more than two times? Jesus, how many times... Do I need to turn the other cheek? And some of you this morning may be here and, and you've dealt with this before, right? We hear a pastor or our Sunday school teacher and they, they teach a good lesson about forgiveness. And we hear this, this idea about forgiveness and we think about ourselves when we've needed to be forgiven and when we've been the person that did something wrong. And in that instance we say, yes, forgiveness is good and we love it. But then we think about so-and-so, that one person who has wronged us, and it wasn't just a little wrong, but it was a big one. And it stuck with us through all these years. Still this morning, some of you here may look at somebody else in here, and you smile, and you say good morning, and you shake their hand, but in the back of your mind, you're still thinking about this one specific thing that you've never forgiven them of. And I know, even though this morning we're not talking about our relationship with all people, we're talking about our relationship with other Christians, with other brothers and sisters. Even in that, I know that even other Christians 
sometimes commit very terrible wrongs against one another. I know that. I've seen that. I've been a pastor in churches. I've, I've had people come to me and tell me what somebody else in the church has done to them. I have dealt with some of these things personally before, and that's what we're looking at today. And so, so if you're in that place this morning, and you're not looking at forgiveness like it's a really good thing that everybody should have and everybody should enjoy. This morning you're looking at this idea and thinking, how could I forgive them of that? I want us to look to see what Jesus' answer is. So here, I want to give you a little bit of context as to Peter's question. So Peter says, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him as many as seven times? He asked that question I read of an ancient Jewish debate where there were some rabbis trying to debate this and actually find the answer. What is the appropriate number of times that you had to forgive somebody else? And the number that they came up with in that debate is said to have been three. That if you forgive somebody else of wronging you three times, that that is sufficient. That after that amount of times, you wouldn't have to forgive them anymore. So Peter, when he says seven here, he's not asking a real number. He's exaggerating. In Peter's mind, the answer is probably three. The answer is probably if somebody does something wrong to me three times, I don't have to forgive them anymore. So when Jesus is saying, you need to restore your brother, you need to love your brother, you need to seek to bring them back when they've done wrong or when they've strayed, Peter's saying, but Jesus, how many times do I have to do that? Seven times? And Jesus, hearing his exaggeration, goes even further and gives the answer of seven times 70 times, which would be 490. That's right, Seth? 490? Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Uh, or even if your translation says 77, the truth is it's not about the number. What Jesus did is he took an exaggerated number and made it inordinately larger. In order to make this point, point one this morning, Christians should forgive freely. That's what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, Peter, it's not about a number. It's not about how many times. I, I, one of the commentators that I read this week studying this text said that, that if a Christian is forgiving someone else, no matter how much compassion you think you're having, if you're keeping count of how many times, you're not truly forgiving that person. And that's what Jesus is getting at here. He says, Peter, it's not about three it's not about seven. We forgive freely. We don't forgive and make a tally mark because that's not forgiving freely. That's not really forgiving. That's trying to forgive but trying to remember at the same time. We're not keeping count of how many times we forgive one another. What Jesus is saying by giving this exaggerated number is don't even try to think about how many times you've forgiven. Just forgive one another freely. And when we hear that, that's hard. I understand it. I'm going to go ahead and be up front this morning. I know that that's hard for us to hear. It's hard for me to stand here and say to you that if somebody wrongs you, a brother or sister wrongs you, and they come to you, and they know that they've done wrong, and they're seeking forgiveness, that you should forgive them. And if they do it again, you should forgive them again. And if they do it again, you should forgive them again without saying, I've already done this three times. No, you should just forgive every time like it's the first time. I know that's difficult. I know that that is hard for us to hear and even harder for us to do. And I think Jesus knew that it would be as well. So he gives with us this teaching. He gives us a reason 
that we should be willing to. He gives us our parable for today. So look with me in verse 23 of Matthew chapter 18. It says, Therefore the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had in payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. Here we see Jesus going back and, and giving us another teaching, another parable where he's comparing it to the kingdom of heaven. So whatever we read here, whatever we read in this parable is teaching us about God's reign, about God as king. And here we see he starts with the king. There's a king and this king decides, I want to settle accounts, bring in everybody that owes me money. And so they bring in this one man who owes an inordinate amount of money. I mean just a ridiculously large amount. So just for perspective, a talent was about 20 years worth of salary for a normal worker. So if you owed somebody one talent, you owed them 20 years worth of salary. Well, how many talents did this man owe? He owed 10,000 talents. 10,000 of 20 years worth of salary. That's how much he owed to the king. Again, we're not looking, we don't need to focus on that number. What Jesus is saying here is there was a man who was brought in and he owed more than he could ever pay. That's the idea. Owed more than he would ever be able to pay back in his entire life. So the king says, you can't pay it? All right, I want him to be sold and I want his family to be sold as slaves. I want everything that he has to be sold and bring me that money and at least I'll get something out of him. But the man falls down and starts to beg the king. And he says, King, just give me a little bit more time. Just give me a little bit longer. And the king doesn't just say yes. Instead, he says, no, I won't give you any longer because you don't need any longer. I'm forgiving you of all the debt. You can go free, which, of course, is just staggering for us to imagine. Somebody owes you 200,000 years salary, and just because they ask nicely, you're going to say, it's okay, just go, it's free, don't worry about it. But of course, we have to remember that this is a parable, and this is, isn't a real king and a real servant. This is a picture of God and us. And point two this morning is that God is a merciful king that has forgiven us of much. God, who we're seeing a teaching about here, God is a merciful king who has forgiven us of much. You and me, and I pray this morning that we remember this. I pray that as we go through this, because I know it's easy to get lost in parables. Look, we love stories and we love narratives, and it's easy to get lost in them. But I want you to remember this morning, over and over, I'm going to remind you this morning, this is not about some imaginary king and some imaginary servant and some imaginary kingdom. This is about God Almighty, and this is about you. And you owed him a debt that you couldn't pay. And I owed him a debt that I couldn't pay. And when we realize it, when we realize how much we owe God, when we realize how egregious our sin is, and when we realize the standing that our sin puts us in with God, 
that we are now owing a debt that we will never be able to pay. And we come to him and we seek his forgiveness. And we say, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. And I know that I'll never be able to work this out on my own. And the only thing that I can do is ask of you for grace and mercy. God becomes this merciful king in our life who has now taken the debt that we owe. And not only wiped it away, but paid it himself. We owed God the debt. And he sent his son in order to pay the debt that we owed him, so that when we come to him, that he could let us go free and still be a just God. That is the beautiful picture that we see here. So again, this mercy and this forgiveness, it's not for everyone. If you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're not forgiven of your debt. You still owe your debt. We need to hear that. You need to understand that this morning. Now, there's already been provision made for you if you would come to Christ, if you would seek forgiveness, if you would seek grace and mercy, if you would fall down before the king and say, King, I know that I owe you a debt. I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I'm not in right standing with you, and I'm begging for you to give me mercy. He will give you mercy. The scriptures make that clear for everyone that comes to him that he will. But if you haven't done that, and if you're not ready to do that, then you still owe a debt this morning. But for those of us that are here that understand how much we owe and that have come to God and sought his forgiveness, he's already paid our inordinate price. Our debt that we couldn't ever pay is already taken care of. And that's the first thing that we see here in this parable is the picture of our life with God, the beauty of God's mercy and God's forgiveness. But he continues as well. Look with me in verse 28 says, but when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me, and I will pay you. Now, here, as the story continues, the same man, we saw a picture of it earlier, the same man that's just been forgiven of very much, who goes out probably rejoicing, probably with a very big smile on his face, runs into a man who owes him some money. Now, the, the amount that he gives here is not a small amount. It's about three months' worth of wage. So, I mean, if somebody owes you three months' salary, I don't know what y'all's month's salary looks like, but three months' salary is a pretty big deal for me. And if somebody owes me three months' salary, it's a pretty big deal. So, so Jesus here, I want to be clear, He's not saying that, that the accounts that we have with other people, that the wrongs that they've done to us are nothing. That the, it's just like somebody owed us uh, $5, that we should just not worry about it. No, the amount that he uses here shows us that Jesus understands that people have really wronged us. Because I know it's, it's really easy to get caught up in money here. We're not really talking about money. right? We didn't owe God money we didn't owe him salary we owed him righteousness because we had done wrong and that righteousness we could never pay back and in the same way people owe us and it's not money people have done wrong to you what sort of things have they done wrong to you well some of time sometimes they've said things about you maybe they were lies maybe they were true but they've said things about you that you think that they shouldn't have said about you and it's hurt your feelings or it's hurt your reputation. And some of you may have been run out of churches by other brothers and sisters, by other Christians, in ways that you shouldn't have. 
And that hurts. Or you've had other Christians that have, that have taken things from you, that have stolen from you. Again, the amount that he gives here shows us that, that we should take it seriously, that people really have hurt us, and they've hurt us in egregious ways. But this man that has done wrong, this person that has hurt you, whoever you're thinking of this morning, he says, imagine that person comes in verse 29, this fellow servant falls down and pleads with him, have patience with me. And I will pay you the exact same thing that he asked of the king. Have patience with me. And so what do we expect to happen? Well, many of you are studious and you've read this ahead of time, so you know what happens. But I can tell you this. If I'd never read this story before, this is how I imagine it playing out. You have the man that owes a lot and he, it, the king says, pay me all you owe me. And he falls down and says, have patience. And the king says, you're forgiven. And he goes out and he runs into a man that owes him some money, less money, but still owes him money, and says, pay it. And the man says, please have patience with me. And I think that verse 30 is going to say that he says to this man, no, don't worry about it. You're forgiven. The debt is forgiven. You can go free just as I have been set free. That's how I imagine this parable plays out, but it's not how it plays out. Look, look in verse 30. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. This man was unmerciful. He showed, even though he had been shown such great mercy, he shows no mercy. The man says, be patient with me. And he doesn't even say, all right, I'm going to be a little bit compassionate here because I've just been through this myself. So yes, I'll let you have a little bit of an extension. Give me a little bit of money up front and we'll deal with it later. No, he simply says, if you can't pay me, I'm going to have you thrown into prison right now until you can pay me. He has no mercy and he has no compassion. This man does the exact thing that I would expect that he would not ever do. And the question that you have to ask yourself this morning is, is that you? Are you being this servant? Even though you know what type of sinner you are. And you know what God has forgiven you of because you know how many things you've done wrong and you know how often you have done those things wrong. And you this morning have felt the forgiveness of God, the songs that we sang this morning about him going to Calvary so that you could be set free. You can sing those freely this morning because you have felt God's forgiveness, but you yourself have turned around and a brother or a sister that has said something about you or posted something about you on social media or that has said something that they shouldn't have said to your children or to your spouse or somebody that has run you out of a church or somebody that has slandered your reputation and you are harboring a grudge against them and you are holding on to this hate and saying I'm not going to forgive them is that you this morning we all have to ask ourselves that question and maybe it is and maybe it's not maybe you're here this morning and you have forgiven freely thank the Lord for that but if you're here and you are not willing to forgive you are demanding that somebody else have to pay justice whenever you have been shown mercy, then I believe that Jesus is speaking directly to you this morning. Because this man, when I read this story, I'm angry at this man. The man that was forgiven of so much who then has his brother thrown in prison, when I read this story, I'll be honest, I'm angry at this man. But then I have to realize that this man that I'm demanding, I'm saying, no, you have to be merciful too. The king was merciful to you, so you have to be merciful too. I demand that of this man. I have to remember this morning that that man is me. 
then I'm saying, Zach, I'm demanding that you be merciful because of the mercy that God has shown to you. Point three, Christians should also be merciful. Christians, just as God is merciful, Christians should also be merciful. Why? Why should Christians be merciful? Why shouldn't I get what's fair? Why shouldn't I get what's right? Why shouldn't I receive justice? Because people have hurt me physically and emotionally. And people have hurt you physically and emotionally and financially. Real hurt, real wrong. So why shouldn't you demand justice? Why should you be merciful? Jesus says because you have been shown the greatest mercy of all. And if you've been shown the greatest mercy of all, then you should also show mercy to other people. We check all the boxes. Whenever people talk to me and they say, Brother Zach, I know I should forgive him, but... Right? That's happened sometimes. I know I should forgive him, but... I know I should forgive her, but... And then they start saying these things. But it's not the first time that they've done it. They've done this several times. And then I look at myself, I say, well, what about me and God? Have the things that I've done wrong against God, have I done them more than once? Check. And people say, but, but Brother Zach, listen, this person knew that they were going to do this, and they knew that it was going to hurt me, and they did it anyway. How can I forgive that? And I step back and I think, have there been times that I knew that this was sin? And I knew that this went against God's law. And I knew better than to do this. And I did it anyways. Check. And God's forgiven me anyways. We can go through all the list. Everything that you would say makes a sin unforgivable. Everything that you would say makes a sin against you so egregious and so unforgivable that you shouldn't forgive it. I believe that if you look at yourself that you have committed every one of those atrocities against God as well. And Jesus here again, he doesn't say you haven't really been hurt. You haven't they haven't really done anything wrong. He says no, they have done wrong and they have hurt you, but they haven't done to you what you have done to God and he forgave you. So should you not forgive them also? And I ask you this morning, what if God said, I will forgive Zach Kilpatrick, but only three times? I'll forgive Zach Kilpatrick, but only seven times. I'll forgive him, but only 77 times. I'll forgive him, but only 490 times. I'm telling you, if God said he would forgive me, but only 490 times, I'd be way past the limit now. And I believe, if you're honest this morning, you would be too. So what if somebody asks us two or three times to forgive them? Jesus says we should show them mercy. And I love this fact that Jesus says, and I'll go first. When somebody wronged you again and again, and when they knew better, and when they did it on purpose to hurt you, you should forgive them. And Jesus says, I'll go first. You're forgiven. Now you turn and forgive them. He drives it home. I don't want us to miss the end of this parable. Verse 31. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, 
I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me, and should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Now I want to be clear because sometimes we can press parables to try and teach us about something that they're not trying to teach us. This parable is not a teaching about uh, eternal security. It's a teaching about forgiveness. I will be clear about this, that in light of what we see in Scripture, that we see that not forgiving somebody is not the unforgivable sin. Is this parable, some people want to ask, is this parable teaching that if I'm a Christian and that I decide that I'm not going to forgive somebody, that God will revoke my forgiveness and I will no longer be a Christian? That's not what this parable is teaching. That's not what Jesus throughout the entirety of Scripture teaches. That's not what he's teaching. He's trying to teach us about forgiveness. He's not trying to teach us about eternal security but I would say to you that this does show us this that no person and hear me on that that no person who is unmerciful and unforgiving and uncompassionate will enter into the kingdom of God Jesus is clear about that here now it's not that somebody that is saved that is unwilling to forgive will have their forgiveness taken away, but what we see here is this truth that any person that is unwilling to forgive, any person that is unmerciful, shows through their actions and through their fruit that they themselves are not forgiven. Because here's the truth that Scripture shows us, that when you are forgiven, that you are also changed. When we come to Christ and we admit our debt and we fall on our knees before him and we ask for his forgiveness, he doesn't forgive us of our sins and leave us like we are. He forgives us of our sins and he gives us a new heart that loves his teaching. And he gives us his Holy Spirit that gives us strength and guidance to do the things that he's called us to do. And he makes us into new creations. And those new creations that we call Christians have a heart that loves God's law, and God's law says that we will forgive. And gives us His Holy Spirit, and we see here how God feels about forgiveness and how God feels about mercy. So when you come and you show through your life that you are unmerciful and you are unwilling to forgive, what you prove is that you aren't a Christian at all. It's not that, un, that not forgiving somebody is the unforgivable sin. The truth is that not forgiving somebody proves that you've never come and received Christ's forgiveness. What we see here is a teaching that says that if you have been forgiven, that you will also forgive other people. Point four, those who have no mercy and do not forgive will not be forgiven. Those who have no mercy and do not forgive will not be forgiven. Again, we can press this parable to try and teach things that it doesn't, but what Jesus is teaching here is about forgiveness. Two things. You have been forgiven of much more than you'll ever be asked to forgive somebody else. And the other point is, so you should forgive everybody else. That's what Jesus tells us here. As we look at this teaching, I know that it's hard. It's easier for me to stand here and say this than it is for me to practice this. And so I'll be honest, I'm a person just like you're a person. 
I fight with this and struggle with this just like you, some of you right now are fighting with this, just like I pray as we leave here, some of you will struggle with this. Because some of you know of somebody, I could say, give me a name right now and point to you, and some of you could give me a name of somebody that you have not forgiven. And right now, the Holy Spirit is fighting with you because he's saying, I just told you that if you can't forgive, that you are proving that you are not one of my children. And you're saying, but I don't want to forgive. But he's saying, you need to forgive. I would say you need to listen to him. That forgiveness is going to be good for you, and it's going to be good for that brother or sister. And it's going to show to anybody else around a picture of the gospel. You're going to show to other people. You're going to witness through your actions about the forgiveness that God has given you. In Matthew chapter 7, we're told that for the measure that we use, it will be measured to us. If you demand justice instead of mercy, then God is going to demand justice instead of mercy. And brothers and sisters, that's not a trade that any of us should be willing to make. I pray today that if you know someone that you need to forgive, that you would forgive that person, that you would give them, forgive them freely from your heart, and that you would go and you would make it public to them as well. I also pray this morning that if you're here and you're starting way back before that because you have never been forgiven. You're here this morning and you know that you've never thought of yourself as somebody that owed some great debt that you couldn't pay. You've never thought of yourself as in debt to God. I pray this morning that you realize that you are that person that owed 200,000 year salary. An amount that you won't ever be able to pay. And that you would come before God and you would say, God, I understand today that I owe more to you than anybody's ever owed to me. And I ask that you forgive me of it. That you would understand his mercy, not because the preacher talked about it, but you would understand his mercy because he would give it to you today. He's willing to do that. If you have questions about that, I would love to talk to you about it. I'm going to invite you to stand this morning.